um, it was, I mean, the second chapter talking about getting out of that situation of being trapped in that household and being controlled by a man that I called my stepdad and finally being able to get out of it. And I honestly, I couldn't have done it without our nanny. Are you ready? Hey there, and welcome to Get Off the Bench, where we talk success, business, life, and how you can make your dreams into reality. Your coach is an international speaker, published author, business, and speaking coach, known to his audiences as the Speaker Man. His dream is to move you from the bench to the starting lineup of life. And here we are again. 47 yard try. His longest attempt of the game. He has just a twist. Your man, this is your Kodak moment. Oh, hey, did you hear that? The game is about to start, and you need to get ready to get in the game. Here's your coach, Mark Wiggins. Hey, everybody. It's me, Mark Wiggins. Welcome to Off the Bench. I am your host, who? Mark Wiggins. In today's episode, we have with us a up-and-coming entrepreneur, published author, speaker, um, extraordinaire with a, a strong message to try to get out to the community. And um, I want to bring on my guest in a moment. Her name is Larissa Clark. And as you know, as you've been following along, I don't do bios. I'd rather have my guest tell us what they want, them to, want us to know about them, who they are, what kind of what they've been through, and how did you get here to this moment. So, Larissa, are you there? Hey, Mark. How are you? I am awesome. How are you? Good. All right. Welcome aboard Just and tell living everybody the who dream. you are. <laughs> living the dream. Right. Tell everybody who you That's are. That's right. Uh, well, my name's Larissa. All right. Just a little bit about me. I am 27 years old, a working mom, but also an entrepreneur. I come from a very diverse background and upbringing. Um, I actually live in Texas right now. I'm not originally from there, but, you know, I'm here for now. I do travel a lot with work. I've done a lot of speaking engagements with companies, and uh, I'm an active member with nonprofits. And I've been an advocate for a lot of women. And all that stems from that is my past traumatic experience that I've gone through. Um, and I'm a mother of a two-year-old, two-year-old little girl. Aw. Uh, the terrible twos. So now it's time for payback, right? It's payback for... Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to eliminate it. It's not working like the way I thought it to be, but you know, we're kind of, we're on the right track there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, well, that's awesome. Thank hey, you. wishful thinking, okay? You, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you, you're doing a lot as far as entrepreneur space and doing whatnot. Um, I know one of the things you talked about is that you are an Airbnb, Airbnb host. Is that what you said you were? Yes. Yeah, I started an Airbnb hosting company. I was in just actual Airbnb world where I was airbnb multiple properties. And I quickly learned that that takes a lot of work. Not only is it stressful managing finances and trying to meet your mortgage and rent each month and trying to make a profit, but also just the upfront money that you have to come up with. So I enjoy helping people in my background. Um, 
is working with people and managing accounts. So I created an Airbnb host company where I actually work with clients who want to get in the world and have the money that can put up front, and I help them make money. That's awesome. You don't hear much about people being in, in, in that industry. You know them to be investors or people who run out their home to meet mortgages, but you know people are serious about this. Like They're buying homes just to do Airbnb. Is that right? Um, I was renting. I was leasing out homes to do that, but now the clients that I work with, they actually have the property already, and I just help them. I do all the management for them. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. And you say you do some speaking as well. What type of topics are you speaking on and who are you speaking to? I have a very wide background when it comes to the audience. I speak to nonprofit organizations, their donors and sponsors. I do training with students as well as adults when it comes to prevention awareness. Um, a lot of the focus, the trainings and workshops and everything that I do, that's all it's focused on, just building building prevention awareness in the community based on sexual assault, domestic violence, and verbal abuse. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, there's a unfortunate large market out there, people who need this information. Uh, especially in college campuses and high schools now, down to middle school, everybody needs to be aware of a lot of different things. So that's an important message that you're dropping out there, definitely. From this uh, background experience, you wrote, uh, I believe, to be your first book, right? And the title is I Could Be Worse? Yes. Yes, I did. That's my most newest book I published. So excited about it. I know. I got to read the advanced copy of it, and, and I was I must say it's very, very powerful. It's very, very raw. It's very, very uh, transparent. And I believe you wrote that on purpose. Why, why would you approach a book this way? Well, anyone that knows me, they know me to be a very raw person. <laughs> I definitely speak how I feel. Um, and I just feel that when I'm telling my story, why should I, why should I be quiet about it, you know? For so many years, I didn't have a voice, and I was living a secret, and I had a a front, and I was acting like I was this person that I wasn't, and I'm free now. So when I wrote my book, everyone deserves to know the truth and what was going on, and I just wrote in hopes of encouraging other people such as myself to have a background like I do, to have that encouragement as well as hey, you know what, I have a voice too. She can do it, I can do it. Larissa, you mentioned that you were living a secret life and that your background is kind of helped you to do what you're doing now. What was the secret that you're living and what was that background that helped you do this book that you wrote? Well, the secret that I was living started when I was seven and it was a seven-year-long secret that I had to keep. Um, it involved my stepdad and he sexually molested me. Um, as I got older, it turned into verbal and emotional abuse as well, as well as physical. So <clears throat> I wasn't allowed to tell anybody, even my mom. So it was just really hard keeping that secret and acting as if I'm okay and nothing was wrong with me every single day for those seven years. So that's what has motivated me to write a book, just about my story and just my background and the things I had to fight through 
and work through even today emotionally and the type of therapy I have had to go through to work through and process what has happened to me. Um, and I just wanted other people to be able to know that they're not alone and there are other people that can relate to the things that they go through or things that they may think or battles that they may have and they fight even PTSD. I've developed that after my abuse came to a close and post-traumatic stress disorder, just in case you didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. But um, even just being able to understand that and what it means and what triggers it and how to control it and maintain it without taking any antidepressants or anxiety medication. That's, that's a lot. And um, I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but out of that period, it seems like you're going to be able to start helping people with your message and with some encouragement for them to go and, and get some help. In, in your book, I Could Be Worse, you, you talked about therapy just a few seconds ago. Explain to the audience what is EMDR. Um, so EMDR is very interesting. I actually didn't even know about it or have ever heard of it until my therapist had introduced me to it. Um, it's called eye movement, re, sorry, eye movement reprocessing development. So it's a new form of psychotherapy that therapists are using for patients that have PTSD, whether it's something that had happened traumatic in their life, sexually or domestic, um, even people who were in the military that develop PTSD. And it's designed for those individuals to be able to work through the emotions or the events that triggered a negative cognition that's tied to that event that I carry to this day. And so I've been in ther just normal, regular therapy on and off for 12 years. And it was challenging for me because I was just like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm working through it, whatever. I thought I was getting better, but I really wasn't until I started EMDR. And I will say uh, with the therapist I'm with now in these past six months, I've seen so much progress than I have in these 12 years of just being with a normal therapist. Yeah, I've not, I've not heard of that before. So why why is it not so widely known as a treatment option? For me, I've always been hard on myself to where I would never, I would never take to antidepressants and anxiety medication. Mm. Um, psychologists prescribed it to me as soon as they found out that I was, I was a patient that was diagnosed with PTSD. And so I always declined the medication and I always dealt with depression and anxiety and I was manic depressant. So it's been a long journey of learning how to control it and how to maintain it and not let that depression win and commit suicide. But EMDR, it's forced me to deal with those feelings that trigger my PTSD. Hmm. And things that our brain doesn't think about consciously, we have to, in EMDR, actually have to go deep into my subconscious to figure out what's going on in my brain. So it's just a very intense form of therapy that it's hard it's hard to even like explain to somebody who's never even heard of it yet alone been through it because it's just miraculous what the brain can do and how it can heal itself and rewire itself 
without being on any medication. Mm. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, the, the brain and the mind is very, very powerful. We actually, you know, cause sometimes become prisoners of our own mind and, and it, we lock ourselves down, we hold our own potential back and we have to be able to unlock that and it seems like this therapy is, is working. Um, hopefully there'll be more publications about it. Again, until your book, I had no idea what that was. So now we're also into your book. And again, I'm encouraging the audience out there to grab a copy of your book um, and, and, and read it or give it to a friend, somebody who knows to be dealing with this. We know what the statistics are. Uh, and they're very, very high. We are, you know, out here where I live in, in the Loudoun County area in Virginia, we um, are getting ready to do a uh, mental wellness workshop dealing with anxiety and depression and all these type of things in, in the community. So it is it is a big deal, especially when there's, you know, suicide involved, molestation involved. These kids are having so many problems at school with bullying and not living up to standards and parents are pressuring them to perform at these super, super high levels and they just want to be kids. It is absolutely insane what young kids are going through right now and everybody needs some help. You know, everybody needs to talk to somebody professionally about something. So we're encouraging everybody to to get your book and pass it out there. One of your chapters, one of your defining moments, I'm going to call it that, in your book, where is you had to make a choice. You had to make a life-grown woman's choice to do something that I don't know if I don't know if I could have done it, but apparently you were able to pull the strength to do it. Tell the audience about that moment where this this pivotal moment where you had to make this choice for your life. Oh man. I will say that's my favorite chapter. It brings out all the emotions. Even when I was reading it, it brought up the emotions. Um, it was, I mean, the second chapter talking about getting out of that situation of being trapped in that household and being controlled by a man that I called my stepdad and finally being able to get out of it. And I honestly, I couldn't have done it without our nanny mm-hmm. who watched my younger siblings and by the grace of God, it was, I, it was like I said, was sent an angel. And it was like she just, she knew. And there was a situation that had happened where it gave her that clarification of what she thought was true. But in order to be able to get my stepdad to be in prison for the rest of his life, instead of chancing it versus his word versus her word, we had to play it very strategic. And once time has went by and the sexual act had occurred, I called my nanny and I was like, Hey, it's time. So she went ahead and called the police and her mom called SDU. And I was just so nervous. That was the most scariest time of my life. Cause I had no idea what was going to happen. Even though I watched law and order SCU religiously and I've seen it a thousand times, right, right. I still was freaking out like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And the fear in the back of my head of my stepdad killing me, knowing that I told him. Now, now hold on. Before you go, how old were you at this point when this had to happen? How old were you? I was four, I was going on 14 at the time. Okay. This was March, March 2nd, 2007. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I, it happened. They showed up. And, I mean, the police, I, they handled it so well. They played their part very well. Um, they totally didn't. My stepdad, he did not suspect anything. The, re- the reason why they said they were there was not because of why my nanny called. And they 
they did very well. So they got me out of the situation. They got me out the house and I told them what happened. And then they escorted me to the police car and had me sit there and they called in the rest of the police that were surrounding the home. And, and it just, what it, the way it happened was just, uh, it was just very, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> it was, it was scary, but relieving because I knew that my nightmare was over and I didn't have to worry for my sibling's safety anymore. I knew that they were going to be safe and I didn't have to worry about my stepdad hurting them. And my mom finally knew the truth. That had to be insane. Uh, like I said, you, you had to, at that moment when they were walking you out the house and they're escorting you out the house, protecting you and whatever. I mean, what do you remember that feeling walking past everybody on the way out the door? Yeah, so they had, at the time, they had separated my parents from me. So there were officer, there was an officer in the living room where my mom and my stepdad were, and then they took me to the kitchen and were questioning me. But I told them, hey, I can't really talk right now because, you know, he's probably eavesdropping in the other room. So they escorted me outside. <clears throat> but on my way out, my stepdad managed to get out of the room and speak to me before I went outside. And I just remember he threatened me and he said, you better not say a word. And I was so scared. Oh my gosh. I was so scared, but I had to pep talk myself and just say, Hey, tell him. So when we were outside, I was able to finally confide into the officers and, and then they did their jobs from there. Oh, wow. I mean, that was definitely life changing. And so from that point forward, your your drive has been to, to help other women in this situation? I mean, n- not even women, children. Mm. I was I was a child. I was 13 going on 14, and, you know, I didn't know any better. And I, I think the biggest thing I was so scared about was my mom believing me. And was she going to stick up for my stepdad? Was she going to think I was a liar? Was she going to think that... I seduced him. Was she going to say, well, what did you do for him to do that to you? You know, I was just so scared of the consequences by me telling, you know, breaking up my family, hurting my, like hurting my mom, you know, and just the whole dynamic of everything. So really, I just want that knowing young girls, knowing that somebody, a grown man doing that to you is not okay, no matter what they tell you. And there are people out there that are here to help you get out of that situation. Mm. And so now, how do you find it when you go to speak to to that audience about this topic, about re- resources and taking steps and protecting yourselves? You're not alone. How are they receiving you in this message? Well, I have a very wide uh, age range when it comes to my audience. Just because of the uniqueness of my story, I can relate on all ages. I mean, obviously not not 40 plus ages, but I'm sure that they can relate to my story just depending on whatever they went through in their life when it came through um, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, mm-hmm. physical abuse. Um, so really it just depends on the audience and the age range on what type of information i'm giving and type of training i'm doing awesome awesome but ultimately it ultimately it it caters around prevention awareness and that now has created your platform that you're using to to speak to people and the reason again for your book is the platform right prevention awareness 
uh, for uh, sexual abuse victims, correct? Uh, prevention awareness, not just for sex, sexual abuse people, but people who have PTSD, and people who have suicide thoughts because of what they've gone through, people who struggle with their faith, um, mothers, single mothers who are raising children that battle with PTSD. That's definitely a wide range. So now we're yeah. fa- fast forward a little bit now. How how is the book doing now? How is it being received? And what are your plans coming up? With the book just being published officially in January, it is finally becoming discovered. We have a lot of great things coming up. Um, in the month of March, we're doing a huge Boomerang book challenge. So anyone that purchases a copy and posts the book with them in it, doing a boomerang and tag Loris's books in it, they will be entered to win a $100 gift card. And then the month of April, we have a lot of cool things in store. I'm not going to spill the beans just yet, but um, if you definitely, anyone that is interested in knowing more information, they can definitely go to the website or follow us on Instagram. All right, go ahead and drop your website and Instagram handles. So our website is com, and then you can also follow us on Instagram at Larissa's underscore books. All right, cool, sweet. We'll put those in the show notes as well so people can log and get a hold of this book and get it into the hands of people who need it. Um, again, let me know by your cl- uh, thank you for the clarification that it's a wide variety, that it's not just those who are uh, sexual abuse survivors, emotional survivors, it's about PTSD, which as we, you know, as you stated, can come from a lot of different things. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a good, uh, good area to, to develop in. But uh, Larissa, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show and, and talking about this tough topic. And uh, as we know that, you know, God chooses his warriors very, very carefully and um, will put you in place to make sure you can change lives. So we're going to wish you well in that effort. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I feel so honored to be on the Mark Wiggins show. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Uh, and, and full disclosure, uh, Larissa is one of my one of my clients, and walking with her through this journey to get this message in the book, uh, to get it out and tell her story is has been amazing and eye opening and encouraging at the same time. So thank you for encouraging me as well um, to to. Uh, deal with stuff in the past and move forward because it is something we all have to overcome. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in to Off the Bench. We ask that you like, subscribe, and share this podcast to everybody you know. Leave some show notes and some comments. Get some ratings. And as always, remember this. If you can reach your dreams with the stepladder, then they're probably too low. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Off the Bench with your coach, Mark Wiggins. Be sure to like comment and share this podcast and follow us on facebook twitter and instagram all at speakerman87 and be sure to use the hashtag get off the bench to let mark know you're listening when it comes to success only you can give yourself the permission you need to have the success you desire now get off the bench and get in the game